0: Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance podcast with executive coach and best-selling author Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hey there, my friend, and welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you're here. So, um, my regular listeners have probably noticed that there was a gap in my episodes, and I am fine. Thank you for your concern. I'm fine. So um, I just followed the laws of physics and time and realized that I had a lot going on, and I just needed to take a little break and um, wait until the inspiration hit. So it has hit, my friend, and I'm going to time stamp this so it is a beautiful Lovely, gorgeous Saturday in Oakland, California. And, well, as of about 10 minutes ago, Joe Biden won enough electoral votes to become the president-elect. And as you will recall, this has not been easy. This um, will continue to not be easy for a while. But that's, what, that's what's going on. Um, this has been an amazing week for me. I also turned 50. The day before the election, which was very cool, and um, yes, I turned fifty during a pandemic, so there was no big dance party in Oakland like I envisioned, but it was beautiful. And I want to talk to you today about gratitude. And I don't want to start out just by this concept of emotional home. Emotional home is just about where do you tend to live? What emotions are your go-tos? Do you live in a home that is filled with anxiety, worry, self-doubt, frustration, resentment? I bring those up because I'm noticing there is a lot of those, and I'm familiar with that home. And when people ask me what I'm doing, or how I'm doing, I almost feel a little bit weird saying this, but I feel bliss. I'm living in an emotional home of bliss. And it's 2020, my friends. (laughs) I'm feeling so freaking grateful to be living in an emotional home of bliss. And it didn't happen on accident, and I want to share with you in this episode how I did it. We're going to be talking about some concepts you've heard before, but I'm going to be telling them in a little bit of a different way. And this is accessible to anyone. If you want to live in this place of gratitude, joy, consciousness, bliss, it's available no matter what the heck is going on around you. So, um, I'll tell you, on election night, I slept really well. I got up in the middle of the night, like I normally do. I wake up in the middle of the night pretty regularly, and I went back to sleep. Because I have a different brain than I had for most of my life. I mean, growing up as a kid, I lived in a very different emotional home. And my kind of M.O. was to ignore painful emotions and just push them down and repress them and just adopt um, habits like perfectionism and control, you know, set myself up with a really rigid schedule even when I was a little kid and keep myself busy and distracted and numbed. Because I didn't want to feel emotions like stress, anger, worry. But they were all there. So what happened? Well, as some of you may recall, if you've listened to my podcast for a while, you know that last year was really rough on me physically. And once I began to heal from getting hit by a car, I then got very sick with uterine fibroids and was in the emergency room three times for blood transfusions, just to keep me from having a stroke or a heart attack. And then finally, on Memorial Day weekend, I was able to get a life-saving surgery. And in between that time, I was living in a state of abject terror. I was so afraid of anesthesia and surgery, and I was so afraid of having a body part removed is something I had never, I'd always said I never would do unless it was an appendix. That was the only thing. Not even tonsils. I didn't even want my tonsils ever taken out. So I also knew that emotions like terror are extremely harmful to your immune system. And if you want to survive and thrive through surgery and heal fast, you need to have a very different internal system than one that is created by terror. And so I started looking I started asking um, friends who had healed fast through surgery, what did they do? And I started studying and I learned the power of gratitude. Now, I'd always known that gratitude was an important emotion, but I had never really intentionally leveraged it. And part of me was like, if you're too thankful for things, God might smite you. You know, be careful what you praise because it might be taken away from you. Well, that's really healthy. But I doubled down on gratitude and I filled my system up with it through intentional practices such that when they rolled me into the ER, I was so freaking blissed out. I was so happy. There was zero fear in me. I was comforting the doctors, telling them not to worry about me. And it all went as beautifully as it could possibly go. So that was a lesson to me. And I started practicing gratitude on a daily basis. But I'm going to be honest with you there was a point in 2020, probably late spring, where business dried up and I went back into terror, existential fear. What was going to happen to me? Now, once again, I knew that this was not a good place to live and I was not going to make great decisions from this place. So I doubled down. I remembered what helped me in the past and I realized I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice and succumb to my fear and do the safe thing, which was apply for a job and get a job that wasn't a great fit because there really aren't job positions for transformational coaches. I mean, maybe there is one somewhere, but it's, it's really not an easy thing. So I doubled down and I said, this is what I do. This is what I'm supposed to do. So that means there's got to be a way. There has got to be a better way than the one I have been using to find the people who are looking for me. And then I became grateful before it happened. I became grateful for the decision that I made, and then I became grateful for what I trusted was going to happen. Because I now believed it so much to be true and envisioned it so readily in my head that my brain thought it was true and was already happening. So I was able to experience gratitude for something that had not happened, but that I trusted would. And if you follow the law of attraction, you know that there is To your brain, no difference between past, present, and future. When you think about those things, you are creating those things. And when your brain realizes, wait a minute, our current reality and surroundings don't match these thoughts, I have to make them match. So it starts to bring in things that you are thinking about and attracting. So, my friend, what are you attracting from your emotional home? What are you envisioning? Another thing I envisioned through the selection process was a very simple image of Joe Biden with his hand on the Bible, John Roberts, both of them in masks, <laughs> uh, su- uh, swearing him in. I just kept that vision. No, I didn't know what was going to happen, But I also know that I can't control things that are outside my span of control. I can vote. I can send emails and phone calls to senators. I can donate money. But beyond that, I can't do anything. So why on earth would I worry about those things? I would worry about those things because of a habit, a habit of thought. But luckily for me, I created the habit of acceptance and the habit of trust and the habit of gratitude. So that became my go-to. Now, I had to manage my state. I had to make sure I didn't get sucked into social media or sucked into the news because it's really hard to stay in your emotional home when you have that kind of input. It's like staying healthy and eating toxic food at the same time. Very difficult. So the other thing that I had a hard time doing in my old emotional home was celebrating little successes. Again, it was like, well, why should I celebrate this micro step On the way to my big goal, because I'm not there yet. And so I lived in a place of lack. I lived in a place of the gap, the not achieving. And that is a pretty crappy way to live. And it has only been recently that I have completely changed that. And now I savor every win. And the reason I was able to do that was because I learned the biology of celebration. And that my story about it was a myth. My story about it is so counterproductive. So let's imagine, let's think about a gold medal winner. I'm probably one of the rare people who feels bad for gold medal winners. And here's why. So let's say they are striving their whole life, getting up early every morning working hard every day towards a goal of winning a gold medal. And let's say that they don't allow themselves to celebrate every tiny little milestone. And they don't allow themselves to feel gratitude for whatever sport or activity, for their grace, for their athleticism. No, because they are fixated on this goal and that is when they will celebrate. So what's happening in their bodies is that they are experiencing, I'm not good enough. They're experiencing fear. They're experiencing self-doubt, comparison, scarcity, worry, and they might get some nice dopamine because they are working towards something. And dopamine is a feel-good drug, but it's also a craving drug. So the harder you make yourself have to work for your dopamine, the slower the payoff and the bigger the drop. Okay, so let's say you only celebrate, you're only allowed to celebrate when you achieve the big thing. Whether it's the promotion, the raise, your kid gets into the right college, and meanwhile your kid's only two. When you wait, you are building and building and building up lack. And when you finally achieve that goal, and you can check it off, you will have a dopamine crash that is so long, hard, it's such a big fall, that you will go into a state of de- despair. Like, what was, it, was, what was it worth? Why did I miss everything I did, everything I missed on my way to that goal? Whereas, if you had celebrated every milestone along the way and then you achieved that goal, the fall is going to be much, much uh, shallower. So that's how we raise the peaks and valleys into rolling hills at a higher set point so you don't feel that despair and that disappointment. And it's all because you celebrated little milestones and experienced intense gratitude for them. So let's talk a little bit about the biochemistry of emotions in general, and then we'll talk about gratitude some more. So emotions are chemical reactions that are created in the brain because of a thought we have. So a thought that I'm not good enough, I haven't achieved enough, um, somebody's out to get me, um, the world's going to hell. Whatever thought, that creates an emotion which is, has a neurochemical signature that is unique to that emotion. And we feel it as a vibration in our body. Now here's the thing about emotions. They have a beginning, they have a middle, and they have an end. But when you keep thinking the thought that produces that emotion, you stack them. And so that feels like they never end. And that's why we get stuck. And some emotions are stronger than others, like grief. Grief can feel all consuming it's a very strong emotion with a very slow vibrational frequency and emotions that have a low vibrational frequency emotions like anger shame guilt grief they literally make us sick they weaken our immune system they cause inflammation in our bodies and inflammation in our blood vessels so it makes it harder for our arteries in our heart to pump blood. This is not sustainable and it will cause us to get sick in some manner. So when we actually notice this and we just let let the emotion fade like it naturally will, then we break the cycle. And the easiest way to break the cycle is to notice it and do something physical. Like listen to music and dance to music that enriches you and lifts your vibration. To take a deep breath. And take a deep breath and simply think about something you're grateful for. So let's use the example of grief because it is such a powerful emotion. We can then be grateful for whatever this person or thing was that we lost. We can be grateful for having it in our life at any point in our life. We can be grateful for the experience of loving that person. Gratitude is the antidote for painful emotions. Because let's just say you're mad about the election, or you're worried about the election. And worry is always a signal that you are outside your span of control, right? (laughs) It's the perfect signal for that. So worry tells you I am intentionally hurting my body right now. I'm intentionally harming my state. So when you notice that, you can just look around and be grateful for anything around you. But here's the thing, you can't just think, I'm grateful. You have to feel the emotion known as gratitude. And the best way to do this is conjure up something that is easy for you to feel grateful for, or to imagine the thing that you are most grateful for being gone. And then Bring your awareness back to the fact that it's in your life right now and experience gratitude. It can be as simple as looking at a glass of water and noticing what would happen if my water was murky. I and mean, when we all know that there are people living in places where water is toxic, undrinkable, where they have to walk for miles to get water, or Flint, Michigan, where they had to drink water out of bottles or they would get tremendously sick and their children would be filled with lead. You can just be grateful for the clean water. You know, I live in the fires, fire zone. And there have been days this past few months where it's very hard to breathe and you can't even go outside. But guess what? You can be grateful that your house isn't on fire. And that was my go-to. I can be grateful that my electricity is on. And I can even be grateful that when my electricity goes off, it's the power company taking, taking some control over our safety so the fires don't spread. So a little bit more about the science of gratitude. So the science of gratitude helps us reach emotional vibrations like love, peace, joy. And uh, gratitude feels so good because not only does it release dopamine into our system, and dopamine was invented (laughs) to help us quest to help us search for those berries on that bush that are going to keep us alive. And then we get so delighted with the berries that we wake up the next morning with a shot of dopamine because today we get to go search for the berries. If it wasn't for dopamine, we would not quest. We would just sit at home and forget to eat and forget to take care of ourselves and forget to win. So it is also, if we're not careful... A drug, I'm going to call it a drug because it's like a drug. A drug that can make us quest for the wrong things. Like people who are given dopamine, um, uh, drugs that affect dopamine because they have Parkinson's, for example, they can become addicted to gambling, addicted to uh, addicted to slot machines because they never feel the end of the quest. They can't control the levels of dopamine in their system. They don't have enough and they have to quest and quest and quest, because they never feel that success. So in addition to dopamine, so I like dopamine, but as you can see, I have a little bit of a mixed reaction to dopamine. Gratitude also releases serotonin into your bloodstream. Now serotonin, oh man, that is the happy drug. Antidepressants literally boost serotonin. I had a participant in my program recently say, Denise, your program is like antidepressants, only better. And I realized that she had a different brain and she was experiencing a lot of serotonin, where before she had had a lot of adrenaline and cortisol in her system. Those are stress hormones. And most of us, because of thoughts we have about situations, it's not because of the pandemic, it's not because of the election. It's not because of Donald Trump. It's because of our thoughts about those things produce emotions that produce adrenaline and cortisol in our systems, which will make us sick. So gratitude is available to us no matter what is going on around us. And if you want to experience elevated emotions like love and joy and peace, and if you want that to be your emotional home, You can't just have a daily practice of gratitude. You have to live in the home of gratitude. You have to be grateful and walk around as if your life is a miracle. And daily practices will help you get there because the more you practice, the more accessible these neural pathways to gratitude are. So if you're sitting around thinking that you don't have anything to be grateful for, let me just help you out here. If you have food in your fridge and clothes on your back and a roof over your head and a place to sleep you are richer than 75% of the world. Now, you could choose to feel guilty about that, but I would say that's a very dumb choice because you feeling guilty doesn't make anybody else better. You can choose to be grateful and donate to worthy causes. You can do both of those things. You can choose to not donate to worthy causes. It doesn't matter. If you feel grateful, you are going to be a healthier person. If you have money in the bank and spare change in your wallet, you are among the richest 8% 8% of the world. And if you woke up today with more health than illness, you are more blessed than the million, million plus, who will not survive this week. And if you've never experienced the danger of battle, or living in a war zone, or being imprisoned or tortured, or experienced hunger, not the kind of hunger from being on a diet that you self impose on yourself, but true hunger, then you're more fortunate than over 500 million people alive right now who are not so lucky. So again, I don't say this to make you feel guilty. I tell you this because our lives are really freaking amazing. But we forget because we have brains that focus on the negative. We're wired to think negatively five times as often as positively. And that worked to keep us alive on the savannah. But now we live long enough lives that it just makes us sick. People did not die of stress on the savannah, (laughs) Um, but we do. So there is so much at stake for you in your life, and this is available to you right now. So I hope I have convinced you to live in the space of gratitude. And I hope I've convinced you to start celebrating your little wins. Get those hits of dopamine. Get those hits of serotonin. And start to feel like a winner every day. And I know it's going to sound silly. But I really want you to feel the emotion called pride. So this is another thing that gratitude does is it activates the pride network and the bliss network in the brain. And I know some people have a weird reaction to the word pride, but to me, pride means self-love, self-celebrating. I did that. I did that thing. It was hard and I did it. That kind of self-love is healing And it will motivate you to do greater things, to do more of those things so you feel more celebrations. And then you won't have the big plummeting fall that you would have if you waited to celebrate until you won the gold medal. So this will get easier. And one thing you can do is to cultivate this emotion is to think about something in your life you've done in the past that made you really proud, that made you feel really good. And it doesn't matter how small it was. Maybe you put the final piece in the puzzle. Maybe you caught a line drive. Maybe you kicked the winning goal. Whatever it was, bask in it. Close your eyes, go back to that time, and really remember viscerally. Hear what was going on. Feel the temperature of the day, and feel what it felt when that thing happened. And then you can start to relive that emotional feeling every day with little wins. And people around you are going to wonder, what the hell is going on with this person? (laughs) Because most of us are living in a place of scarcity. I will celebrate myself when I do the big thing. And that is going to produce a feeling of lack. And like attracts like. So lack attracts Lack. And when you live in this space of I'm not good enough, you live in a state of longing instead of belonging. You get to choose. You don't have to wait to belong. I don't care what's going on around you. When you grant yourself belonging and good enoughness and gratitude for all the blessings in your life and all the strengths you have, the innate abilities you have, whether it's to crack a joke, whether it's to make somebody feel good, give a compliment, bake cake. I don't know what your talents are, but I know you have them. I know there were some that you were just naturally born with and you don't even have to try to use them. And then I know that there are some that you have cultivated and worked hard to create. And I know that when you allow yourself to feel pride and self-love for those things, you will become a nicer person to be around You will become healthier, you will live longer, and you will live in an emotional home that is very different from the one that we live in when we lack, when we feel like we're not good enough. So peace is available to us no matter what's going on. We have to work for it. And this is actually work that is really enjoyable and fun to do. So I hope that you will take this on and you can adopt a practice today of just stopping and practicing gratitude. You can wake up in the morning and before you, definitely before you look at your phone, but I was going to say before you put your feet on the ground, you can just notice the bed you're in, the rest you've had, the sheets you have, the roof over your head, and you can just feel gratitude for those things. And wouldn't that be a better way to start the day than looking at your email? So thanks for listening. Thanks for caring, and we'll talk again soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Work Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.